0: your host
1: for lacrosse talk pm Rick Sola all right welcome to another day of lacrosse talk p.m I tell you right now I'm I'm zonked after that Senate debate listening to politicians talk for an entire hour the worst <laughs> it's a little nerve-wracking because you're I feel like it's important, right? Like I feel it is important, and uh, you know, your questions kind of matter to to uh, what these candidates say and what you all want to want to hear from them, and and what issues are important. I had a whole bunch of questions lined up. I had to ask one of the questions twice because I didn't like the answer. I could have did that for a couple of questions, to be honest. And uh, it's always, it's it's a little interesting because when you uh, and we're gonna do this in the next couple of days. I'm gonna bring on the some of the assembly candidates on this week and next week, uh, just to to hit them up again uh, before uh, before the elections. I know early voting started today too. I think I want to say Brad in the studio in the wisdom in the wisdom newsroom said there were maybe like 400. Or so people early in on Alaska voting didn't have numbers in the cross, um, but that's cool. People heading to the to the polls to vote early. I uh, my ballot's been sitting on my my like computer area, my desk. It's on the pile of campaign flyers that I also have been. Uh, that have been stacking up. I don't think I feel like I don't have as many campaign flyers as everybody else has got. What are what are your average? What's the average amount of campaign flyers people are getting? How many are you getting? One a day? Are you getting more than one? I'm getting maybe 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 two a week out in rural Minnesota, in Houston. <laughs> so I'm not getting a ton. I, I'm a little disappointed. And Grant Bills, the host of the Wisco Sports Show. Who's no longer in the studio next to me? He is now in a different studio, so I can't hear him yelling, and I'm a little sad about that. But I can't hear him yelling anymore when when the Packers lose thirty eight to ten or something like that. Um, but he says him and his roommates they they do like little collages with the with the with the uh, campaign flyers, and they cut out the heads or maybe cut out the phrases, and I don't know if I don't know where exactly they they put them up I, if, if they have like a collage board of campaign flyers or if they're on the refrigerator or if they're, you know, adding them to pictures throughout the house or on posters or whatnot. Uh, but it was pretty, pretty funny the way he was describing it to me. Uh, it would be kind of funny just to have him break down what, what he's doing with his campaign flyers is, uh, you know, as these, as people in cross are, are getting them, I'm guessing a lot more than I'm getting them out in, Near Houston, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk of text line. Did you guys? Did anyone listen to this debate between Dan Koppenke and Brad Pfaff today? Do you have any opinions on it? Um, I I asked a couple of questions that I didn't get great answers on. I didn't think anyway, and you know it's got to be a little bit harder for it. it, it there's, there's two ways, you know, I have all the time in the world to think about the questions that I'm asking and the answers that I would want to hear, right? Uh, but these guys got to think on the fly. So in, in that regard, I, I think this is maybe a, interesting to see how well they're think, thinking on the fly and, you know, bringing the candidates in studio or on the phone anyway and, and having them talk about the issues too is a great way to, to just get them thinking on their feet and just see how they do, what they know and don't know about issues and, what they, you know, their opinions are without really having a whole lot of time to think about it. If you kind of ask a little bit different questions, you know, a lot of the same questions were asked that we've seen in the assembly debates last week um, police reform, COVID 19. Uh, and a lot of those answers are, you know, like we, we, I think we all want specifics, and I don't think we get a ton of specifics there when it comes to those answers. And I don't know if that's the game, the playing politics game, right. Or if it's just the idea that we don't have specifics at this point. (laughs) I don't really have, I don't really know exactly what I would do, you know, in, in certain regards when it comes to COVID-19 funding for small business. I don't know. So hard to say it's, uh, you kind of want to, you kind of want, more specifics. I think everybody wants those specific answers and uh, didn't, don't get those all the time. And I don't know if that's by incompetence or by, you know, or is it on purpose? 608 785 7914 is the talking text line. A couple of questions. We can get into some of the questions I asked. I have. I haven't had time to cut it up. The debate started at 3.30, ended at 4.30, and then I uh, started to try to like clip it out and, and play some clips, but it's a little bit more difficult than that. <laughs> it's a whole hour long. Um, but this is the big one, and I did ask about campaign finance reforms, and I asked about Foxconn. I asked about uh, their past in government, which I thought was an interesting question and get like the greatest answers. But, um, and honestly, I felt like a, like sometimes some of these, Oh, and I asked about marijuana, legalizing marijuana, which was definitely not the answer and for a guy that doesn't smoke marijuana and hasn't, I, you know, I've tried it in the past. There was a little college phase there. And, you know, a couple of times after that. And, and then I was like, mm, okay, this just makes me hungry. <laughs> and I don't, I'm too big to be, uh, i don't need any other excuses to eat i'll eat it already so uh, and i haven't done it in, in maybe eight nine years something like that but uh i don't care about marijuana like i don't care about whether or not you're gonna use it so the answers that these guys gave i didn't like it it wasn't great i thought Kapanki was gonna flip it on me uh because brad path kind of took the middle road and then uh it sounded like Kapanke was going to be good to go on legalizing it. And then he, no, nope, not at all. <laughs> so, um, all right, we're going to take it a quick break. Uh, we'll come back, talk about this debate a little bit more between Brad Paff and Dan Kapanke in the 32nd Senate District right here in the lacrosse area. All right, Brad doing the news, just a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solem, 608-785-7914. Get out of here, Stone Temple Pilots. That's the talking text line, 608-785-7914. Just kind of breaking down the 32nd Senate District debate that just happened. I wonder if any of you, how many of you watched it, what you all thought of Brad Paff and Dan Kopenke, their first debate here, first and last debate, I guess, <laughs> that we have in the district. We should probably have more of these. Maybe we should do them every month for, for months on end, right? Like, Or, or is that way too much? The, the answers probably get better as they they try to. They probably get a lot of the same questions. I think if they watched some of the older debates too, they would have heard uh, some of the questions. I try to ask some different questions in terms of what we heard before. I had I had some of the some of the same questions that were asked, just banked in case I in case we got to uh, that far into the debate. I didn't know. Um. Uh, you know, some farming questions I had, but I, I, I didn't get to ask as somebody did ask a farming question. Um, these two guys, you know, like to tout their farming experience, and they both have different farming experience. And uh, I didn't get to a gender pay gap question, which I thought would have been pretty interesting. Also, thought it was a little, a little bit picking on Dan Kopenke, who was recalled in 2011 after the Act 10 legislation. So I didn't really want to ask it although I think it's really important and if you in, if you don't know what I'm talking about it's because I haven't said but uh, a new study shows that there's a now a pay gap between male and female teachers in Wisconsin and that didn't exist before Act 10 so you know how are we going to level that how are we going to level that playing field again do we you know bring back collective bargaining for teachers for public workers uh, that was one of the questions I wanted to get to, but I I asked the marijuana question bef- instead, and I was sad <laughs> for a- asking it. So I was like, "This is a this is a question that maybe you know we could have completely opposite views on." And and we had I think uh, there's like three views here, right? Legalize marijuana everywhere for everything. I mean, uh, legalize it medically, or legalize or don't legalize it at all. Maybe a better question would have been to, uh, you know, how do we pu- punish people that have been caught with marijuana? We seem to argue about that. Rob Abraham, the assistant police chiefs, come on and said, we just need something federally. Like, uh, just one blanket idea of what we're going to do with marijuana, as Illinois, Michigan, and Canada <laughs> all have legalized recreational marijuana. And then uh, Minnesota is medical marijuana. And then Iowa and Wisconsin, you know, it's criminal if you have marijuana. So a uh, couple of the, a couple of the questions I did ask, I asked about Foxconn and I could just play the answers here. I, I, I don't know if, I, I don't know if they're so versed on Foxconn and maybe they, they don't care about it because it's not right here in the lacrosse area, but I think it's one of them deals that our taxpayer money is going to Foxconn, right? Ours is in Wisconsin taxpayer money. I guess federally too, and uh, that you know when th- there were questions about fixing the roads, that's always going to come up, right, and 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 rightfully so. But uh, nobody brought up the idea of Foxconn and and fixing the roads. But we could play. I'll just play their answers on on the Foxconn question.
0: Well, that's a great question, and I think Foxconn is going to be end up.
1: I guess I could have played the part where I asked the question too. Let me let me pull the question up. Uh, this is what I asked. I said, we're three years into Foxconn. The Taiwan-based company has promised 13,000 jobs, 10 billion in investments for what's bloomed into about a $4.8 billion tax subsidy. Um, and if you know that happens, it's the biggest giveaway, biggest tax giveaway in US history to a foreign company, foreign entity. Uh, Foxconn has clearly not met any of those goals. They've scaled back their product uh, even this week, the uh, they've almost threatened, the the president of Foxconn almost threatened our government, state, local, federal, to come through with the government promises instead of Foxconn saying, you know, hey, we'll come through with the promises. Like, you give us the money and we'll come through with the promises. It's kind of how that went. That happened just yesterday. Um, but I asked, is, is there a better way to attract investment in the state? You know, besides these taxpayer subsidies like Fox, like we give to Foxconn, like we give to these corporations. We give to Kimberly Clark. We've given the, we we offered to Kimberly Clark, I should say. Scott Walker on his, you know, ride out of town after losing the election was like, hey, Kimberly Clark, you want a whole bunch of money? And they didn't take it anyway. Um, and we've given money to Quick Trip, right? Like we they, they want to expand. We're going to offer them tax subsidies to let them expand. Do we need to do that? And so I asked that, you know, is there a better way to do that, to get, companies to invest in the state. And uh also would would you like the state to get out of the Foxconn deal and and if we do that how how would the state get out of the Foxconn deal? So Dan Mackey went first and then Brad Path followed. Uh, here's their answers.
0: Well, that's a great question and I think Foxconn is going to be end up being good for Wisconsin and Wisconsin uh employment people and uh I would just say that I think that contract was was written in that they have to have so many employees before they get money. I don't think they've gotten a lot of money yet, if any, uh, based on the formula uh, that they had to reach the the uh, standards that they had to reach as far as employment is concerned. So I think, in that regard, it was a good contract, and I think that eventually, again, it will be it will be good for the state of Wisconsin. But we certainly need to be prudent about how we're gonna spend taxpayers' dollars, and I think we were to a many extent here with Foxconn because they haven't gotten money yet, as far as I know, because they haven't reached the employment levels that were needed.
2: Thank you, Mr. Path. I think Foxconn was a really, really wrong move for the state of Wisconsin. Can you imagine what that $3 billion that the state of Wisconsin promised Foxconn what that could do right now for small town, main streets and businesses in this state. But instead, our legislature isn't meeting to help us now, but they couldn't wait to help out a foreign corporation. Um, No, we need to do better than that. Misplaced priority by the previous governor and the current legislative leadership that's currently in place right now have led this state wrong on the economy I will do better. We will invest in our local businesses and our workers rather than trying to uh, entice out-of-nation companies to come in here. Uh, It was a wrong move.
1: All right. So that's the two candidates on Foxconn. Neither of them, you know, it was like a little bit of a loaded question, but neither of them talked about like just getting out of the Foxconn deal and whether or not that would even be possible. Or if there, what other what other ways would we better invest in state taxpayer subsidies? You know, probably not. None of us agree with that. Uh, Dan Capacky said that we haven't given any money Foxconn. That's not true. Uh, we've also you. Know, if you wanted later in the debate, there were questions about road funding, and if you want to talk about giving money to Foxconn, talk about the infrastructure of putting all those roads around Foxconn. And you know, getting it ready for this giant factory that's going to have thirteen thousand jobs, right? And invest ten billion dollars—at least ten billion—in the state. Um, you know that, and, and you heard PAF say we, you know, three billion dollars. That was the initial—that uh, was the initial contract. Two point eight billion dollars, I think, is what it was. And that's ballooned and what I said. Even it's ballooned to four point eight billion when you when you talk about how much the state has already invested in infrastructure for Foxconn. Uh, you know, not just not just the roads around there, but but power and and you know how that factory is going to be powered and stuff like that. Um, but but neither of them really address address that. And when when they talk about roads, I would have went right back to Foxconn if I, you know if I was a, a candidate. But I also have you know this question in my head, and I'm thinking about it. So, but how do we how do we do better in investing in, in companies around the state? path talked about it a little bit. Kapanki said Foxconn's going to be a good deal for Wisconsin. The the thing that neither of them brought brought up is Foxconn's scale back this this thing big time. They they were going to initially you know it was going to be these big LCD screens, and now it's just phone screens. And maybe you know in the long run, maybe that's smart. Maybe phone screen business is, is going to be a better business for for uh, Foxconn and for Wisconsin instead of these uh, big you know, generational, I I don't know, whatever they're calling that, the, 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 uh, the initial plant was called one thing and they, you know, they scale it back to this other second generation or whatever, um, something nobody knows anything about unless they're really diving into Foxconn LCD screen-making businesses. Um, but maybe, you know, investing in a company that's going to build phone screens is a better business plan, but you never hear Foxconn say that. Yeah. We've decided to you know, change over to uh, the cell phone screen industry instead of the big screen TV industry because look at how many people are buying cell phones, you know, year in and year out, and it's just going to be a much more profitable biz- b- business for for us and for Wisconsin. And you know, it would have been seems like the easiest answer, and you never get that. It's it's yeah, uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna keep it keep to our promise, but you already broke your promise because you've already scaled back the facility um, quite a bit. So then the contract that the talk now is the contract needs to be renegotiated. And, uh, you know, if we're talking about the, the, the plant itself being scaled back in a, in such a manner that the, the contract that was initially wrote up isn't valid anymore, then we need to either renegotiate the contract, or is there a way for Wisconsin to get out of this deal? And then there's going to be this big highway power <laughs> plant, you know, situation going in the area that does not does it make sense for Wisconsin to get out of this deal? We're in too deep, perhaps? I don't know. I'll go to the phone. Caller. Who's this? Eric. Go ahead, Eric. Eric. What? And then okay, never mind. I got to go to break anyway. Eric, I'll get you after the break. Uh, Brad's coming up doing the news. Scott's comments first. We'll be back after this on Wizard. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608. 785-7914 is the talk and text line. Eric and Sparta is waiting on hold. I'll get to him in just a minute. Just talking about the Brad Path Dan Kapenki event, event debate that just went on. Uh started at 3.30. You can check it out. At this point, you can check it out on the WIZM Facebook page. And uh be cutting out some clips and some quotes and and reading. And reading and writing uh, about the debate in a, a later tonight so you can read about it. If you don't want to spend 58 minutes watching a debate. I'd, uh, just doing a little, a little bit of headline hunting on the Wisconsin wire right now. And this stuff all happened in the last couple hours. Uh, Wisconsin's health secretary. Scrap Thanksgiving gatherings. How hard is that going to be? Um, at least we won't have to meet with our families and talk about what happened at the election maybe we won't even know the uh results of the election by thanksgiving (laughs) but uh coronavirus going crazy still in wisconsin uh there were four thousand cases today but that's a little bit because there was a backlog um i will say in the last day if we want to just do the covid thing real quick i gotta get the number up i gotta just give me one second here the uh, number of hospitalizations jumped quite a bit. There are now a total of 125 hospitalizations in La Cros- of La Crosse County residents. And I believe that jumped by seven from yesterday. So in the last 24 hours, seven people have been hospitalized that are from Lacrosse County due to COVID-19. Um, so that's a little bit frightening. So. That's kind of the, I think that's probably the biggest number we've had. And I asked the health department if that's because of this backlog. The state kind of updated their, however, their COVID 19 statistics, you know, however they're measuring COVID 19 in the state. They updated that this weekend. So we didn't get case reports over the weekend. And now they're trickling in. Um, Along with like Tuesday's totals, we're getting that backlog update. That's why there's a lot of numbers. So I was thinking like if we jump seven hospitalizations of county residents, you know, over the past 24 hours, is that part of this backlog of COVID that, you know, the the county is seeing? and, And the health department says, no, we just had seven more people admitted into the hospital. And now we know that in the last 24 hours. We were talking about uh Kapanki and Brad Path, the, a couple of questions I asked. One was on Foxconn, and I didn't didn't love the answers on Foxconn. You know, some are vague. Kapanki said that the Foxconn's a great, a, a good deal, or will be a good deal. And at this point, it doesn't look like it at all. Uh, JP texted in and said if they don't meet their goals, they won't get the subsidies. It's crystal clear in the agreement. And right, that's true. But they're also like manipulating those goals and i think they were they were supposed to hire some couple thousand people and they're at like 251 so they haven't done that but they're also like hiring people and then laying them off they're hiring people to hit the quota and then laying those people off after they get the subsidies so you know there's some loopholes in this agreement that seem like a little shady um along with not even being close and you know what are they going to do point to the pandemic and say "Eh," but it's been three years um Main Street guy says past argument on Foxconn is like the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Amazon. So if you know who she is, she's a New York congresswoman. And uh, Amazon, uh, some time ago, had planned to build a corporate campus in New York City. And they were going to get $3 billion in government incentives, right? Like, we're going to give you $3 billion to build a corporate office here. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was like the you know, did what she does and, and was against, you know, taxpayer money going to Amazon. Does Amazon really need taxpayer money to, to build? Maybe we need to get out of the, maybe we need some rules. Maybe federally we could like enact some rules. Hey, guess what? You don't get to give corporations a bunch of taxpayer money to incentivize them to come here. I don't know if that's, that's the greatest idea, but um, it is kind of weird. Like we're going to give Foxconn this, you know, multi-billion dollar corporation that, you know, apparently has no trouble making money. We're gonna give you a whole bunch of tax subsidies more than any uh foreign entities ever been given in the history of the United States. We're gonna do that as long as you meet these goals, but we're gonna do that. We're gonna you we want you to come here. Um okay, I don't know. I I'm 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 against that. Um Eric well let's get Eric from Sparta here. Eric, you're on the air. Go ahead man.
0: Yeah, I going to give you an update on some of my latest yard signs on the south side of Sparkle over here. I got four of them that, uh, that I hadn't made up. first one is Biden has dementia. And the second was uh, Kamala Harris is a hard left-lying windbag buffoon. Uh third one was cancel, cancel culture. And the last one is uh, no, no public funds for Planned Parenthood murderers. Yeah, that's a south side of bar if you want to drive by sometime. But uh, that is my view, and uh, I think uh, Obama's willing
1: to pay. All right, so that's uh, Eric's view on the Kopenki path debate, <laughs> just on his own agenda, folks. I don't know. Um, and then uh, I gotta tune him out when he starts talking about Obama. I don't know. I don't even remember that guy, Obama. Who's that? Uh, so yeah, Main Street guy t- texted in. It's, you know, the Foxconn argument it was like, PATH was arguing like AOC on Amazon. I think PATH was saying, give the money to local businesses. God forbid we do that. We invest in local businesses. Um, you know, that we did give, I, I believe we gave Quick Trip subsidies to expand. I think they wanted a 300 million expansion. And I want to say it's like 21 million in tax subsidies. I was, reading, I was reading about that. There's always the story about we're going to do that and then it's always harder to find the story that now we have done, or we have not done that. Um, but you know, that, that was one. And as Scott Walker was headed out of town, voted out for governor Evers, um, we were going to give Kimberly Clark 21 million. And, um, Kimberly Clark decided that, nah, we're good. We don't, we don't want your 21 million for this, uh, dying paper business that we can't get jobs for at that time. I think, uh, Jobs pretty were pretty good, right? Unemployment was pretty low. Now I don't know. I don't know if we, how we would, uh, we change all change all that. Um, Bob's calling, and Bob, go ahead. Go, you're on the air.
2: Hey, Rick. Yeah, a couple points. Um, uh, they're saying now that by the weekend, um, this uh, huge Joe Biden scandal is going to break wide open.
1: All right. Thanks <laughs> I'm not talking about Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And, Bob, you said that last week, too. Like, this, you said Joe Biden's going to have to drop out of the race. So, um, th- call me when it happens. L- let me know. So, um, also, don't. Because I don't want to talk about Donald Trump and Joe Biden at, at this point. If we start talking about it, then, then maybe uh, we could talk about it. Um Candace texted in and passed soul beyond his response to the Foxconn question. Uh, he also was more educated on the topic. I'm glad he called out previous and current administration Um, and Al texts in because the, uh, COVID-19 is running rampant in Wisconsin. He says the masks aren't helping perhaps Al, or perhaps people aren't wearing masks because when you go to bars and restaurants, you don't have to wear a mask. And those are some of the worst places to go to right now while there's a pandemic going on, you know, um, Trigowsky's texting me and I don't know if he's texting me personally or uh, I, it's a longer text so I have to uh, I'll have to read it. Um, I just I sent him a text and, and kind of gave him my little commentary on how I thought the debate went. Anthony Tregowsky is a UW lacrosse political science professor who moderated the debate and he'll moderate next we- what day is today next yeah next Wednesday's debate between Derek Van Orden and Ron Kind. So the other question that I, I had, and it's kind of funny how this one went down. So I asked about campaign finance, and I believe, we'll just play the clip here quick, and I believe I included me asking the question so we could get the whole clip. So here's Brad Paff and Dan Kopenke and myself uh, just earlier on this debate on campaign finance. All right, the 32nd Senate District, the most watched contest in the state, I think. it's Probably the most watched thing on in the internet right now, right? And uh, as candidates, each of you is you know, attracting a a record number of political donations. In 2015, Republicans under Scott Walker changed campaign finance laws to allow a lot more money to flow to candidates in one way or another. Uh, Since then, Democrats have proposed bills to rein that back in 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 many different ways. Do you support campaign finance reform in Wisconsin? And if so, what specific reforms are needed?
0: Well, the the Supreme Court has ruled, uh, recently in the, as far as federally con- is concerned about campaign finance and it's a second amendment. And so um, I'm, I'm just, I just think that we need transparency more than finance reform. We need transparency and where this money is coming from and who's receiving it. And as I mentioned earlier on this program, my opponent has over $800,000 that he's received from the democratic party, which has in turn received it from the governor of Illinois and a doctor from California. So in his last reporting period, only 6%, 6% of his money has come from within the 32nd district. 94% have come from outside the district and much of that outside the state. On the other hand, 65% of mine has come within the district. And and, and I think that's more important. I'm beholding to the people of the district People outside this district are, are paying for Brad Path's uh, campaign. So I think transparency, the people should know who's getting the money and where it's coming from.
2: Thank you, Mr. Path. Well, I think that's really rich uh, coming from my opponent, who uh, has, we all know that the Koch brothers and American for Prosperity has worked very closely uh, throughout his political career. So I do appreciate uh, you following my campaign. But uh, I think let's level set here and talk about the fact that uh, who's reaching out and working with the people of this district. Uh, My campaign continues to communicate and speak with the people of this district tirelessly every single day. I will continue to do that. I strongly support transparency in the political process. I believe Citizens United, that the Republican Party nationally in the state of Wisconsin strongly supported before the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, should be overturned. Uh, but I find it very rich to start hearing from my opponent Thank about you. money and politics. Thank you. All
1: right. So that was Brad Path and Dan Kapanke running for the 32nd Senate District on campaign finance reform. Not exactly the, the answer. weren't Didn't exactly get the answer to the question. Kapanke bringing up, uh, both of them bringing up Supreme Court ruling. I think both of them bringing up Citizens United. In one way or the other, so okay, federally, yeah. But I wanted to know about Wisconsin. I mean, in Wisconsin, in 2015, we flipped it to allow all this money to run into, you know, to run into uh, our our candidates' pockets, so to speak. And uh, so, so Kapanki it was interesting. Kapanki talked about we need more transparency where this money is coming from, and then he proceeded to tell us where all damn rap ass money was coming from. He said, the Governor of Illinois a doctor from California he said 6% of it comes from the district while meanwhile Kapanki said 65% of his campaign money comes from within the district so sounds like we're good on transparency i asked about campaign finance reform so where are we on that so we go around the horn with all the the other moder- uh all the other panelists to ask their questions and i i wasn't satisfied with their answers so all right, I'll try this again. A lot of money is flowing into your campaigns. You both just argued how much outside money each other is getting, and you both just talked about transparency. But do you support campaign finance reform in Wisconsin? The state can do this. And if you do support that, what specific reforms are needed? If you don't support campaign finance reform, then why not? Mr. Kahnke.
0: Well, yeah, thank you very much. Again, I, I said we need transparency and where this money is coming from. And who's it going to? And I think the, the people need to, to know that. Um, on the other hand, if there's if there's some some finance reform that is proposed that makes sense, uh, I would certainly be open to taking a look at it. But again, I, I think transparency is the biggest thing in financing in, in, in government and in candidates. And uh, it's interesting to me. Uh, again that and so many of the answers that my opponent has given he's looking to Washington and Madison for answers and uh, no matter what the the topic may be it seemed like um, and I have a lot of faith in in the people here right in western Wisconsin we can make decisions that are best uh, for our
2: candidates for best for our government right here in in western Wisconsin. Thank you Mr. Path. Rick I think it's a great question. And I will say this, I wanna work in a bipartisan manner on campaign finance reform. I think that we need to look at what we can do together as both political parties coming together, recognizing the fact that elections cost too much money. There's too much money spent right now in politics. I think I can admit that. I think a lot of people can admit that, but we need to work together on this. We have to be able to have a bipartisan solution when it comes to campaign finance reform. Uh, but as we discussed earlier, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, has put uh, Citizens United. It's it's out there, and this is what we've got. But I am willing to work in a bipartisan manner on campaign finance reform.
1: All right. So again, transparency. Work on it in a bipartisan manner. Well, at least work on it. At least we're getting there. Uh, and then again, bringing up Citizens United. Neither. <laughs> Neither of those answers Brad's admittedly was a little bit better than Dan's at the at the end there um, but it was it's one of those where I want specifics all the time and here I just want yeah we need to get big money out of politics let's do it I'm you know it'd be great Brad did kind of admit he's getting a lot of money uh, between the two of them he's getting way more money from from uh, the Senate campaign and the Democratic Party of Wisconsin but uh, so it was refreshing to hear him a little bit admit to that but uh, um, only one of them was like yeah let's let's get Some of that money out of politics. All right, we'll be back after this. All right, just a couple of minutes left here. Wrapping up, I do have Leroy Brown who's running for the assembly in one of these districts around here. (laughs) We're texting right now. He's going to come on at 5.15. And I'm guessing Kevin Hoyer, who's also running, Leroy Brown's the independent candidate. Kevin Hoyer is the Republican candidate. I'm guessing Kevin will be able to join me at the bottom half of the hour tomorrow. And then Steve Doyle will have to join me on a different day. So I haven't confirmed that. Leroy Brown, Leroy Brown tomorrow, 5.15 for sure. If you want to watch this uh, debate between Brad Paff and Dan Kopenke, it's on the wisdomnews.com wisdom news facebook page 1410 WIZM facebook page Uh, you can go there check it out and um stay tuned a couple hours i'll have something up uh probably hitting on just a couple of the things that they they talked about in one story and then we'll have some other things brad brad's gonna have some some news brad williams of the wisdom studio in the wisdom newsroom is gonna have some news on uh what, what was he going to have news on? First of all, on early vo- absentee voting, early voting starting today. But he had something else, too, and, and now I forgot what it was. Sorry, Brad. He Watch him run in here and be like, I got it. Um, one other story I saw. I was highlight hunting. Uh, this story's sad or happy. I don't know. I kind of like it. The first one, anyway. First significant snowstorm could set records in Minnesota. So it's going to be up in the Twin Cities, so it's not going to be around here. But uh that's where we're at. First first snowstorm. All right, that's gonna do it. Like I said, Leroy Brown, independent candidate for the assembly, in the ninety sixth assembly, maybe. The the one the one north of here. Downtown lacrosse. All right. Thanks guys for listening.